Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Psych Ward Podcast. Now, today we're going to be revisiting what we spoke about in the last episode, which was things about spirituality, my journey of being a Uncle Tom slash Coon, and how the cycles of trauma that we perpetuate end up moving on into, you know, the rest of our lives. Now, I'll first start today off with saying that hope everybody's doing all right. I know this, I think, at least for me, this year, like the bout of season of depression kicked in because I'm not even gonna say I'm depressed, bro. I just hate the fucking cold. Like, it, it it's so restrictive. It, it makes you not want to get out of bed. It makes you not want to do anything. It makes you not want to work out. It's, it's, it's crazy. And like our central heat is fucking wonky. So we just have like random heaters and they either get way too fucking hot or not hot enough, bro. It's pretty booty, but it's straight. And I've learned that in my room where I record, it's actually pretty well insulated. So the warmth kind of sticks in here for a while. But moving on, we're going to explain the years of Uncle Tomming that I used to do and what realizations I had to come to to get through it. And it was actually part of, I guess, what you could call my spiritual awakening even though it doesn't have to be that official. It could just be, you know, David came to realizations in his life. But I explained how before I was bullied as a kid. I got bullied for reading and everything. Now there's always two sides to it. I was probably a smart ass to a lot of people because I'm still a smart ass to a lot of people. And I have to watch myself about that because sometimes I come off as condescending or as a know-it-all and I'm trying to be right in a situation. But I could see how it definitely in the past would have exacerbated somebody's own issues of feeling small and weak and insignificant and people shoving shit in their face and why that would have gotten me beat up as a child. But there's also such a thing as just being considered like prey, like you can put off things that make people target you. Like there's plenty of kids that are technically bullying, like they're the kids that got bullied but some people didn't let themselves get bullied. And I know we don't have to talk about the nuances of bullying and all that shit because it's a whole world of hell, but we'll get to the traumas of it. So I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends, black males, cousins, females, my female friends, white and black, male friends, white and black, et cetera, et cetera. But I do ask them, what do they, like, what would they prefer to be, not to be, what type of situation would they rather be in? Would they rather in... I'm going to be speaking bluntly here, so if you don't like the terminology I use, you can just tune the fuck out. But what would you rather deal with? Would you rather deal with niggas being on that, and I quote myself here, that nigga shit? Or would you rather deal with the cloak and dagger ways that usually come with white people? Now, that's not a generalization, but I will say, at least from my eyes and a lot of other people's eyes, the perspective of black culture is that a lot of people are very blunt. They say what they're thinking to their to your face. If you're talking about them behind their back, you're a bitch and you shouldn't be talking in the first place and you can't prove it because it's not in their face. You can't do anything because you're not saying it to my face, etc., etc., etc. Now, I have no idea how it works in... Um, that was a weird creep. Anywho. I have no idea how it might work in like obviously white culture because some people want to be like white people don't have culture they they do everybody has culture bro you just not looking at it you're being willfully ignorant about it but i'll definitely say i've noticed at least because into my years of uncle tommy i've been the token black kid 
I've been the only black kid in a large group of white people. I've been the only black kid that was at major competitions full of nothing but white kids. And one thing I learned is that the cloak and dagger statement about white people is kind of, it's kind of true, man. Like, they're, y'all do, it's weird. There's like these little snide jabs and gestures that I swear in like, I guess, black culture you could not get away with because they know you're talking about them and they're going to say something to you for talking about them. Now, I know this can pertain to the person and everything, but that's just what I've noticed, especially when it comes to a professional environment where everybody's supposed to be all intelligent and sophisticated. A lot of those motherfuckers talk behind your back and have like super petty insecurities. Like, ugh. But moving on to my Uncle Tom antics and how I had to go through life and experience that. Like, the question I asked them, I was like, which one would you rather deal with? And a lot of them said that, eh, they'd rather still deal with, you know, black people because that, that's what they know, that's what they do. White friends are usually just like, well, I guess, yeah, we can be like that. Or they go, that's not how white people are. But I'm not asking, I'm, that's not a question I ask to be specifically like, yes, that's what white people do or that's what black people do. It's for the topic. But as it goes on, the thing, as it goes on, like, I start to learn, like I said, people have a lot of insecurities. It's usually about what's behind the mask. And the thing I had to accept to get out of my Uncle Tomism, to stop letting people call me like Count fucking Blackula every time I wore a suit, or the whitest black guy ever, or fucking Blackie. I have one, no, I have two friends that I let call me that. And one's my fucking Mexican Irish friend, and one's my Vietnamese friend. So. I let the, I let them say it because it's kind of an inside joke because I at competitions and debate I had a tendency to like disappear halfway through if you if you've seen me at tournaments or if you've seen me at any functions you notice like I kind of have a social battery I like there is at some point if it's a large function I'm gonna like disappear to like collect my thoughts or step outside for fresh air etc cetera, etc cetera. but when those two couldn't find me at a competition they dead ass like I was wearing all black, so they dead ass like walked around just going blacky. And that's super fucking racist. But I will give my like non non-black people non-black person of color friends in that retrospect of past because we were younger. They don't do that shit now because we're older and obviously shit's different. But yeah, in that exact context is that I allowed certain shit to get away because I was just like, huh, I'm not like the other black people. I'm not like the rest of these niggers. No, that's not how it is at all. You're just like them. But the thing that I had to learn was that just because people do something to you doesn't mean that it applies to everybody else. And this is where we're gonna start getting into like traumas. Cause a lot of people's traumas definitely play into their insecurities. And you might ask yourself like, what is a trauma? And I'm gonna get to that, but let me wrap up, I guess my Uncle Tom Coonish ways. But the awakening I came to was when I finally got out of high school and you know, I entered, I guess what you consider the real world. I was in college and I was working and fuck what most people are talking about, dude. I saw like the class separation. I watched the peers that I talked to every single day, hung out every single day with, that were a part of a different class because I, I know that I wasn't like, I was definitely not upper middle class, bro. 
Like we were, we were probably lower middle class or like working class at best. But like there there is a class separation when it comes to cultures and there's a class separation when it comes to like I guess what I had to realize and it was that in high school, I guess in my own ignorance and disbelief of not wanting to be considered black, I kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for here, man? I I guess I even lowered my own self value and my own pride of being black because even I was expecting, I, I basically believed what all the kids had bullied and drilled into me and what countless others had drilled into me growing up as a child is that I was not black. And if, if that's what black was, then I, I, that's not what I was. That was my reality. That was the world I lived in. That was the conclusion I came to as young David. But that was merely because my surroundings were traumatic. I was, obviously I'm black, bro. So I grew up around black people in black environments. And I've had traumatic shit happen. And obviously black people are the ones that, obviously me being black, they're gonna be black people. Like, come on, two and two. But as I went through this shit, I had to realize that like, no bro, this happens to everybody. This can happen to anybody. And I am projecting my traumas on my own people. And really, I'm not gonna lie, man. It's really when I got into politics. I got into politics and then when I was 18, I got into a little trouble with the law and I watched how they treated black people. I watched the difference in how they treated me and how they treated a fucking murderer at that bench. I approached that bench nervous as fuck for a minor infraction, my nigga. And that bailiff actually put his hand on his gun. Like, cause I'm sorry if I'm a little over anacola, but I saw it. His hand went from his hip to his gun because I like, Hang on, I did the thing where you extend your leg and then you pop forward and stop, like as you're walking. It's kind of like a snap to attention, but I did that right in front of the uh, the velvet rope in front of the judge. But I watched a person that literally murdered a person from our community, a black person from our community, somebody around my age, just murdered him in cold blood because he, and I quote, disrespected him. That's what he told the judge. They let this man make several phone calls. They addressed him by first name basis. Like, what the fuck? Like, seeing that shit and then seeing, like, myself go up there as a young man with nothing on his record and almost getting the fucking book thrown at me to the maximum capacity of what they could have done? Like, dude, no. Like, I, I learned that it doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how you talk. It doesn't matter how you imitate. It doesn't matter how long you let somebody demean you because you think that makes you better than other black people because bl other black people made you feel bad bro like none of that shit fucking mattered in the end because guess what the system still just sees you as a black person and that's the cruel reality of it but that also led to me understanding that like that doesn't mean anything black isn't a monolith i don't have to be a specific way to be black i don't have to be a fucking gangster and that sounds so fucking soft, bro. But I ain't, I ain't gotta be fucking hood, dude. Like, I probably have more hood ways than some of you hood niggas. I probably trapped harder than some of you hood niggas. That, that doesn't make me hood, bro. That, that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't do anything for you or anyone. So, moving on. Because, yeah, I'm gonna talk about hood niggas, too. But, moving on, we like to talk about... 
or I like to talk about the traumas that we go through and the traumas that get inflicted that cause the cycles that like the cycle that I was stuck in of blaming black people because I felt that I was an outcast amongst black people, which wasn't the case. But what a trauma is, and if you if you haven't, if no one follows the uh, YouTube channel, The School of Life, please do. The channel is so insightful and they actually use actual verified mental health, health and psychology tips amongst amongst the fact like their narrators are amazing, man. They're just, they're just, they're, I can't even explain it with words, but their video helped inspire what I wanted to say today. And it's that trauma in a way, guys, it's not merely an event. Trauma is, it, at the same time, it is an event. But it's a terrible event that, for lack of better words, has gone unexplained, unpicked, unpacked, and has, through neglect, gone on to cast a shadow over huge areas of experience in our life. Now think about this. Like I said, what did I do? Because I felt that I was an outcast amongst black people, that black people outcasted me. That because I liked fucking cartoons and anime and reading books and not sagging my pants, niggas told me that I wasn't black. But what did that do to me? That, that literally pushed me to what I felt was the opposite. I was like, fuck it. I'm nothing like you. I'm not going to be anything like you. And I ended up becoming this perverted, self-hating fucking thing, bruh. Like, that that was my teenage years, just full of angst and deciding whether I was white or fucking black. Not white or black. Oh, boy. The best metaphor is if you listen to Earl Sweatshirt, I think one of his bars was he was too white for the blacks and too black for the whites. But... Going on with the trauma thing, and think about it this way. I've, I've spoken before how we can get caught in these cycles where we can get hurt by someone in the past, and it leads to this. And th this, is, this is what this is. A trauma, like I just said, is not merely just some bad event. It's not some fucked up thing that happened to you. It's something that happened to you that you just, you never got to, you never got to resolve. You never got closure. You never got to explain it. It doesn't make sense to you. The only thing that's there is the events replaying over and over and over again. Now, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Imagine this in a military sense. When I went, my brother died in 2010 in Afghanistan, but that allowed us to travel all over the fucking country. So it's many different military bases and meet so many different soldiers. I've met like generals. I've met sergeants, majors, etc. It doesn't fucking matter. But the guy that was assigned is like, I guess our soldier to show us the boy the base and everything i don't remember his last name but there was at a moment where they did the cannon salute and they they fired the cannon off and i watched this grown man this 45 plus year old grown man instantly faster than my eyes could almost see him hit the ground turn red in the face and curl into the fetal position with his head in the ground guess why he told us, he's like, because he's been through a bomb attack. He's heard a cannon go off, and he sat there with that deafening noise in his in his ears and just saw the carnage and everything that went down with everyone that was there. That is trauma. That is PTSD. But one thing that I learned is that these type of things happen, and the reason you don't get over the event is because they you don't get the emotional assimilation of it. He didn't get you don't get to bury exploding body parts, not in a battle. Not in a survival situation, not in something your brain can't comprehend at the moment. You're stuck in it. You, all, all you know is that you have to carry the blood, the pain, the scars, the emotions, and keep fucking going. You have to keep fucking running. There's no feeling of content, no closure. 
And this means for potential years ahead, every time you encounter an event that's similar, what happens? Even in the most peaceful, most peaceful situations, what happens? Like that man, a cannon went off, a car alarm could go off, a firework could drop, and a hardened veteran would hit the ground in the fetal position. And it's been understood, and I remember going through it and like fucking, what was it fucking human relativity, sociology, psych one and psych two in college? That, oh yeah, by the way, that's literally where I get my name for like my rapper name and my gamer tag name is psych. That's why I changed it to that because of my passion for psychology. <laughs> now you get it. But in psych, my professor stated that we didn't need to go, you don't, humans don't need to go through war to be traumatized, especially as children. And this is where the thing where I, I've mentioned this before, monsters get made. When things can happen and your brain can't process what's going on, like, okay, best, best explanation, one is one that Mr. Piercy, that's his name, Mr. Piercy, he told us about this. When he was younger, he visited his cousin in like Kentucky. And whenever his cousin messed up, his uncle wouldn't beat him. He wouldn't yell at him. He would just take his cousin by the arm, drag him out to their old barn, which was a broken down barn. They had nothing in there. It was just full of old tools, hay, fucked up shit, whatever wild animal was in there. And he locked that child in that barn. And he did this his entire life up until he was about 16. That was his punishment. Now imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine every single time as a child, knowing that if you fuck up, if you do something that your caretaker perceives as wrong, you are getting tossed. You, you, you're not going to be seen. You're not going to be heard of. You're just going to be tossed away in a dark area and shut the fuck out. What does that turn somebody into? It could turn them into a shut-in. It could turn them into somebody that always thinks that they can't fuck up. And this is, this is exactly like what I mean with the years of like Uncle Tommy. I've had my own family members tell me I wasn't black because of how I was acting. Like, bro, you bring home a bad grade and your parent that's like an addict or mentally ill flies off the handle and like, I don't know about a rage or fucking paranoia, breaking shit, slamming things, screaming. What do you do as the child? You internalize that shit. From the child's perspective, when your parent does something like this, it's literally the world fucking ending. It's it. It's your world ending. It's everything you know, everything you love, everything you think to base yourself around is gone. And people can say whatever they want about their parents, guys, but everything that you looked up to is the opposite. That's what happens when that shit goes down. It's hot and cold. And this does what? How can a child make sense of this? All they can do as a child is take responsibility for it and accept that they caused it. Keep in mind where all children are at one point. They're you. You were a child. You were a baby that someone held in their arms. You watched, learned, and mimicked to this day your caretaker's patterns even if you've broken free of some of them because they may have been abusive or oppressive. Generally speaking, I don't know what y'all have gone through or how your original cells may have been suppressed or traumatized or fucked up, but what this does is it creates another trauma, one based upon mistakes, where one misstep, like I just said, one misstep, one misspoken word threatens to provoke an explosive reaction from others. The original person will still be there, standing in the present, in your mind because it's all been resolved. Any risk or mistake or embarrassment leading to your world ending, you can't take it. You don't want it to happen. You will endure anything to not have someone leave. That is my trauma. That is the shit that I have to process and go through sometimes. So you just keep fucking running. And you just keep running. Like you're a hamster on a fucking endless treadmill, but the moment you stop, you're dead. Who's powering that treadmill? I don't know. Maybe you're lucky to be on that treadmill and somebody else has to power it for you. I don't fucking know or care. 
The memory is there and you know it is, but your mind just keeps going around it. Like imagine you're in a maze and the easy route leads you straight to the prize, but the prize is your worst fucking nightmare. But the other route is long and spiraling, full of confusing passages. You'll even encounter other people in this maze who didn't take the short route either because they didn't want to just get it over with. And you just fuck up each other's sense of direction. You'll just both be swirling and doing everything you think doesn't work. You'll be clashing. Like I just said, this is, we don't even have to take this in the sense of like parent and child, intimate relationships, because I'll get to intimacy later. Think about it in this sense. You trusted somebody. He's your best friend. You guys go to make a deal. He fucks you over. He fucks you out of hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, and goes, I don't feel like I owe you this. And you're like, bro, I lent you that money. What? Do you, what? Guess what happens? Right then and there, you just got betrayed. Some people can sweep that shit under the rug because they've had different experiences in life. But for some people, they're never, ever going to extend somebody that fucking courtesy again. They're never letting that shit happen again. They're never going to be that stupid to get caught by that again. And what does that do? What does that do to people? I don't know. Is it based on where you live or is it based on how you grew up? Because I didn't grow up in the best conditions either. And that doesn't mean you be a product of your fucking environment or another statistic. But this is what happens because creatures are not creatures. Humans are creatures of habit, bro. Like, it's so fucking wild. I I really sometimes I get like sad about it because I've been studying like random astrology shit lately because yeah, I know some people are probably hearing this and they're just like, astrology. but hey, bro, the government confirmed that like there are actual fucking UFOs in 2020. You we you we don't know what the fuck is real anymore. So I'ma indulge myself in shit because Rona's a thing and I can't fucking do comedy or go actively rock climbing without having to wear a mask and shit or go to tournaments anymore or play magic. I can't play magic on the D Lo. But I can't do the shit I normally did to, you know, interact with people and everything. So I just fucking learn more about myself, learn more about the world, research as much as I can. Oh boy, ah, that was a long ass tangent, wasn't it? Shit, feel like I may have been uh, a little uh, projecting there. But as we move on with everything that's going on, I swear that to this day, there are people that swear that their parents treating them like that, or their caretakers treating them like that, or people doing that to them, it was right and it what made it made them hard. They're like, I didn't need to feel emotion. I didn't need anybody to help me. Nigga, shut the fuck up. You're a traumatized fucking child. No grown man is gonna sit here and just spout this shit. Like, how are you gonna have kids and just be like, my child don't need no help? You're his fucking what, nigga? You gonna are you gonna carry that all the way until your kids have to feel it? No, most people don't. Some people do, and that's how that cycle keeps fucking going. You have to accept and liberate yourself from these cycles. Feel the shame, the anger, the sadness. It is okay. You are a human being, and you are allowed to feel emotions. Now, making emotional decisions, on the other hand, is a whole nother ballpark, and I'm gonna let people navigate those treacherous waters how they wish to fucking navigate them, because it's not my, it's just not my business. But as it goes on, one thing that I've looked into is, like I said, astrology, and one thing I've mentioned on the podcast before is like my technical feelings on like intimacy and relationships, because. I don't understand how niggas or uh, let me not say niggas how women or men can like just actively participate in like self-indulgent 
hedonistic ass shit. Like where, what, what? I know, I know there's such a thing as sexual liberation and sexual freedom, but you don't even have to be sexual to do that shit. So like, what is up? You just fuck up people's energy with that shit, bro. That's my opinion, and I'm not on that holier than thou shit. If you're in agreement to it, if you're two consenting adults, do what you do. You, everyone knows what the fuck I mean when I say you fuck up people's energy on that shit. When you're not on the same page with it, and that's why some people don't do certain things. Like one thing I'm learning through looking through fucking astrology is that as like a fucking cancer, apparently like emotionally. I am like withdrawn unless I can like have the full experience and that does make sense throughout my life in a lot of ways I just explained it's kind of like hmm especially due to like caretaker reasons like bro I'm not finna fight for fucking love like I'm not I'm not finna like watch other people like fawn over you and then watch you make me a fucking option because that's what's happened to me as a child like I'm not an option bro I'm not a fucking choice like Fuck holding hands, fuck displaying affection, bruh. If you want to not be my partner or not be in a partner-like relationship, then don't be. Get the fuck away from me. I can be alone. But that could be the trauma speaking, and I've acknowledged that before. But as it goes on as a cancer, apparently that's the way I am with relationships. I'm like, uh, super weird when it comes to intimacy like my intimacy is like of a different level it's more about experiences and like low-key avoiding my embarrassment in situations which also stems back to the shit i was talking about about childhood traumas but who knows uh it, it gets really fucking weird and astrology is actually pretty fucking weird bro because i'm not gonna lie like through like certain things i've looked at is that like one thing Cancers and Sagittarius are like Cancers, it's Cancer, Sagittarius, Scorpios, and what was that? Aquarius. For some reason, bro, like Cancers have a hard time with these other signs. And one thing I noticed is that like my friend group is almost entirely comprised of fucking water signs. And I feel like say what you want like bro like that shit's super fucking funny because i do like i like my friends because they're like they're, they're like me in a lot of ways like they think like me not exactly like me because i don't like having a fucking echo chamber like i like when my friends have opinions that i'm just like bro that's sus and they're just like nah nigga you're sus oh wow i slipped that hard r in there i'm fucking up today <laughs> uh but yeah man like i'm not gonna lie like i don't really i'm not gonna like get i'm not gonna apply astrology to like everyday life but it is a fun thing to look at especially when you know a person and you've seen their mannerisms and you've seen how they act and how they respond and like your energy and what you do and say because that's all life is bro we're all just fucking swirling energy hitting each other and rebounding and responding off of each other yeah i'm a fucking uh i'm a fucking fruit loop <laughs> but that's that's all it really is bro like sometimes you just don't what's the word you don't click like some some actual like love languages and intimate relationships are weird as fuck like one thing i learned is that apparently sagittarius are like they, they see like sexual intimacy and like sexual relationships as like a sport it's like uh 
I think the, the, the thing said it was more of like a conquer shit type thing. And don't get me wrong, like people can take that how they want, but I see it. I see that. I definitely met Sagittarius that are like that. And it's kind of, they say the same thing, like Aquarius is like the Aquarius is like to be stimulated. Like they're very type A-ish, just like a Sagittarius might be. They're very outgoing, center of the room, center of attention. Just, it's kind of weird because that's, I think that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a water sign. And they say fucking Leos are just like that, but Leos are like that to a like, I think narcissistic point. Astrology! Talking about stars that we don't even know are still there because lights moves at light speed and those hoes could have died billions of years ago. But it's fun. It's something to think about. It's something to like, I guess, even like help understand yourself. Because one thing I've always said is like, fuck the directory. Like, fuck the end goal of what you're telling me, bro. I can take a message from anything. Like, you read between the lines and interpret what you like to interpret. Like, don't get me wrong. That does sound like, oh, you hear what you want to hear. But, like, I also hear what you're saying, and I have to understand what you're saying, so I have to apply it in a way I can understand it, and I'm going to relay that back to you in a way that I feel we both can understand it. So, that's usually how I think about things, so, even with astrology, even if people can say, like, oh, none of that shit's real, it's just based on generic things about your day, I'm not gonna lie, some of it is pretty generic, bro. Humans have an error, like, an ever-shifting spectrum of emotions and shit, but... Ah, uh, there, there are actually, there's personality traits. Psychology confirms that shit. There's type A and type B personalities. Like, I know that, obviously, the rotation of the moon and shit. Like, one thing I, I'll say, like, I have beef with with astrology is kind of like, it's kind of too simple in ways. Because they're just like, you know, we're 70% water and the moon affects the tide. So why would it affect us? And I'm just like, bro, we're all like fucking crushed and rearranged stardust. So why wouldn't entire existence affected our existence? But I might be thinking too seriously and too fucking hard on it. It could be like that. Because like, I will say, despite the astrological signs, one thing I've always thought in life is that we are meant to encounter certain people in whatever capacity we encounter them in. Lessons, learning lovers friends foes enemies like it's it's your life bro like you're you're gonna learn something from it you're gonna apply what went down in that situation like they're either gonna be a friend former friend somebody you were fond of or they're gonna be somebody you forgot somebody you hate like I, i'm pretty good at remembering names and faces and shit so i usually don't forget things and i usually don't forget people and i think Apparently, that's also, like, my cancer nature. Apparently, cancers can be, like, really fucking clingy. And I'm, like, a fucking triple cancer. And if I'm gonna be, like, generic and Starbucksy white girl, this, like, that does explain so much about myself. But I've already, like, found those explanations out, especially after I've explained everything that goes on in, like, the processes of trauma and everything. But with myself, it's weird. Like, one thing I've noticed is I definitely have, like, an affliction towards water signs. And I think that might be, like, something that could stem from, like, you know, the psychology branch of it. Like, different, the, the relationship that I have with my mother and the relationship that I have, like, my other caretakers. But it could also be astrological signs and symptoms of God in the universe, bro. I don't know. Pause for a second. But 
yeah, it's cold as fuck, guys. Christmas is coming. A lot of stuff's coming. I'm still, like, one thing I've learned is, like, it's a lot to do all of this shit I do by myself, and I'm, I'm not necessarily stretching myself too thin. It's just that, like, I'm finding a hard time between, like, all the different things I consider projects in my life to work on, like, podcasting, speaking, fucking voice acting, video editing, music. Like, I, I'm working on a lot, but one thing I like about at least, because it, it was how I was able to, like, bridge myself into music a lot easier, because I already had general knowledge about music, music theory, even instruments, but... It was that working on podcasts for over a year, bro, I learned a lot of like audio editing techniques to like make sounds crispier, move your voice to the front of like background beats and background instrumentals that I did for like voiceovers or dialogue intros or fucking uh, parody videos that I may have done. So like all these skills culminate together for me. And it's really just balancing that with like work and play and amongst other things in life you know shit's weird i hope everybody's doing all right i i've actually had like a few guests planned but uh i couldn't get the last guest on because Deshaun and i are trying to like redo another podcast but i had a mild tooth infection a couple days ago your boy got them good antibiotics and is seeking dental treatment at the moment though but shit's going i've got certain things approaching in my future that i have to deal with that i really am worrying about but that's life and we gotta keep doing what we're doing keep fucking running i know but yeah you can take my words how you take them i tell people to take them with a grain of salt as always because i am trying to find the path in life as some of you might be or I am on my path in life, as some of you might be. And we're all trying to figure this out as we go. We're all trying to figure this out as we do. Sometimes things don't work out the way we want them to. Oh my God, that was bars. I don't even remember what I just said, but you're gonna hear that, that was bars. <laughs> That's another thing I'm finding out in like music, bros. Like over the years, I've been heavily focused on like bars and making bar rap. But that's not what makes a song necessarily good. Like it can make a good song, but you can't have a song that's all bars. Like sometimes you gotta have you gotta have a bridge, bro. You gotta have a chorus. You gotta have some effects. You gotta make it more appealing to the to the ears. Cause I'm gonna be honest, there's certain songs that I've made that I don't like. I I literally don't like because I still feel like I did not convey them 100% how I want. There's certain songs that. I feel are my personal fucking bangers. <laughs> like, if 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 I was my own fan, like I would obsess over these songs specifically. And it's like fucking fooling mode because I made the beat to fooling mode, and I really like that song because it has there's a lot of different meanings to it. But uh, fooling mode, twisted realization, read to me, the crunching number freestyle. Crunchy Number Freestyle was just a super fun song, bro. Like, I rapped on a count of 1 to 10. So, I don't know if anyone heard it, but it was... It was one, put 1 to the heart and 2 to medullas. No, it was 1 to the heart and 3 to medullas. Because 1, 2, 3. And then it's simple as simple. You know it on Fortified. Commander-in-Chief introduce you to the Fortified. So, like, it, it kept going like that. 
I, I've explained read to me before. Read to me is about like past longing, uh, past longings. Cause I, I'll say like, in a way, I was kind of inspired to do music about like voicing some of the frustrations I had with the things that were going on in my life. Cause I've used my podcast as an outlet and to anyone that's asked to be on my podcast so far or that I'm supposed to be doing an episode with and haven't, I am sorry. Cause uh, sometimes I like kind of treat my podcast as like hollowed grounds and that's super fucking like ignorant and selfish and boastful of me. But it's not like hollowed grounds in the sense of like, oh, you can only come here if you're doing a certain thing. It's that, I don't know, bro. There's a certain energy I don't like. And there's a way to argue and there's a way to debate and not like be angry about it. Like I can disagree with you and just be like, bro, that's pretty pompous and idiotic. And you don't have to like instantly assume that's pompous and I'm calling you pompous and idiotic. You can just be like, I see how you could say that. But for what we're talking about, it's real. Like, if you're gonna say some outlandish shit, at least be able to acknowledge that some people might see it as outlandish. Like, I know that we're supposed to have devotion in what we say and what we do, but if you're just unshaking, unresolved, unwavering, and whatever, ooh, hiccup. Un unshaking, unwavering, and just not letting your resolve be broken in what you plan to do and say to people, then what's the point? Like, if you're going into a debate and you're like, I know how this is gonna end, I am right. Now, I know in debates you're supposed to prove yourself right, but guess what you have to do also in debates? You have to also study the con side and prepare a con speech because you wanna always be arguing for the pro side. So you need to understand both sides of the argument. And that's what I mean about nuance, guys. Like, sure, I do need guests a lot of the time, and there are a lot of people that I would have loved to have on as guests in the past that have wanted to be guests. Shout out to the various individuals that you are. The future doesn't know it hoes. Like, I still have to fucking, I have to redo the podcast with Deshaun. I'm trying to get a member of the Memphis comedy scene to like, come on. I think everyone knows him if they've been to the PNH, but you'll know him when you know him. I am trying to like, I don't know. And that's as honest as I can be. Like, I want to create a safe and nuanced environment where you're free to say anything you want. But you need to understand that if you say anything you want, you need to also understand that, all right, I'm saying something that can be seen as outlandish. What did I say not but minutes ago? Take it with a grain of salt, my friends. Take it with a grain of salt. You have to take it with a grain of salt. You're supposed to take everything with a grain of salt until you know that you can confirm or trust it. That might be my freaky deaky trust issues and my cancerian ways fucking shit up. I don't know. I don't care. Bless everyone that's still out there. But life's weird, man. Like I make I'm making a lot of realizations. I always make realizations and maybe that's just me trying to apply special meaning to life. But I do feel like I realized where I messed up sometimes. Like, I feel, I, I see where I could have been, like, more confident, more assertive. I could have expressed myself better. I could have not left somebody walk on me. And I know that it might sound like I'm putting the blame on myself, but it's really more of a, like, I'm trying to motivate myself as, like, yeah, man, you remember back when you were super shy and awkward about that situation and didn't 
ask people how they felt or what they wanted and how you could have applied it differently all right now i will think about that because that is an effort to me trying to be a better person i am trying to undo these cycles that i have been viciously caught in my entire life but who knows who knows who knows who knows slip in and out of accents because that's what we do but yeah i hope you guys enjoy this podcast i know i go on crazy rants i'm hoping that's what people like about it shout out to the one follower i have in new hampshire what is that new hampshire austria england either way bro you consistently are the only phone i see that pops up in the my uh my directory and my playlist and my uh consistent viewership so shout out to you whoever you are if you ever want to talk about the psych ward podcast or give your thoughts on an episode or leave suggestions for another episode please do not hesitate to email me at lgnpsyche985 at gmail.com if you are new to the podcast follow me on instagram at two underscore face 985 i would tell you to add me on facebook but sometimes i've learned that you facebook sometimes letting people follow you on facebook is sus i will say my facebook means fire though bro like if you're if you're on my facebook you get fire but my facebook is public also so even if you don't friend me you can find me it's just david dawson dawson david whatever you want to call it whatever you want to see it as i don't care Lottie dottity dumb you can find me on twitter at what is it psych underscore 985 i don't get on twitter a lot you can find me on my soundcloud to hear my music at fucking psych which is capital p cash symbol y-c-h-e youtube at the psych ward i'm trying to get the next video on my youtube finished and that is the nickelodeon tier list but the style of editing i do it takes me a minute because editing is the longest process when it comes to all of this i can produce the voice for content and even you know the like lyrics for content but editing and mastering and mixing is hard because you can have a song that's a banger and have the lyrics correct bruh but if it just sounds like you recorded it in the booth behind an instrumental, like people aren't gonna really hear it. You gotta have the ad libs properly placed. You gotta know how to make it harmonize. You gotta know like which, what count it was on. You gotta know actual music theory, bro. Like actual music theory. Now I know I've been bouncing all over the place and I've talked about traumas and music. And obviously I'm getting towards the end of the podcast because I threw out all my random hashtags and all that jazz. But the last thing I wanna leave you guys on is what it takes in my opinion to like creatively be able to like express things in your lyrics and what you like to say and do in your lyrics so i'll say that i've, I've spoken about it a lot the book the artist way by i have it right here actually it's too far away from i'm gonna read fuck it yeah the artist way by julia cameron i've I still haven't actually finished the book. I paused like at the last like 30, 40 ish pages, but the book really explains a lot about like mental blockages and how we, how people don't let themselves just like do. And a lot of the times it's, it's, it's doubt guys. Like I doubted myself for fucking years, my dude, about like my talent when it came to anything, especially music. Once again, that could be from these traumatic cycles of trauma or childhood or whatever emotions I got. But 
lyrically, one thing I had to learn is that just like my podcast in my music, sometimes I do it to have fun because you obviously have heard my trap songs, my more trappy songs. Some people don't like them. Some people do like them. I don't know. You've heard my sadder songs. You've heard my songs talking about lost love and et cetera, et cetera. But I find it a lot easier to express myself written before verbally. I guess that's easier to say because it with my podcast, it's different because I don't really go off of a script. I go off like a general like outline of ideas that I already had in my head. And then I organize them on the outline and then come back with them because I already know what I want to say. I just have to structure it to how I like to say it. But it's kind of the same thing with my music. Like, for some of my songs, dude, I listen to I listen to a lot of instrumentals a day. Like, I start my day off doing my dailies, brushing teeth, washing face. It's cold as fuck, so I'm not gonna lie. I have not been working out, bro. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> like, so fucking cold, dude. I hate the cold so fucking much. And I started the podcast off saying that. But I usually grab some type of caffeinated beverage and... I work on lyrics, I listen to beats, I listen to like songs that I like to get me in the mood in the morning, and I listen to beats, and I write. I write, and I write, and I write. Like whenever a feeling hits me, whenever like a pain, that pain you might have from fucking, I don't, fuck it, that pain you might have from remembering some shit, some, some unresolved shit you said to somebody, seeing the person you used to have a crush on in like high school or fucking recently be with somebody else seeing your high school crush get pregnant seeing the girl you used to love in somebody else's arms whatever it is that stabs you in the heart and makes you feel sad channel that shit grab a pen and a motherfucking pad and get to writing bro that's what i did and that's what i continue to do and i'm not gonna lie that's why i fuck with certain songs i've made like a lot of there are songs i like that came out the way I wanted them to because lyrically I express myself the way I want it. Like, like I said, read to me. Last chapter didn't come out the way I wanted to and I, I personally believe that's because I rushed the mixing, but I've gotten better at mixing and if you haven't noticed, at least hearing my voice right now on the podcast because I hope you, I hope you've been listening this long, <laughs> but obviously I've, I've gotten better with certain aspects of audio engineering and sound and making my presence sound like richer and sharper and on last chapter i know there was a hop in the uh the audio decimals and it started peaking and that probably hurt a lot of people's ears but that was because like i tried to convey like a more melodic shift because the beat by itself turns up but that'll be something i'll have to go back and work on uh i liked how i got you a leaf came back because i my my attempt was to make it sort of a sad song but also a song about like I guess kind of living your experience just to rise up. Twisted Realization was just about fucking the two sides of myself that I sometimes feel conflicted about. Because as I said in this podcast, I blame myself when it comes to things. And that kind of is my trauma. So that leads to me feeling like I have been betrayed or I've betrayed people. He's Judas. He's he's Jesus. He's Jesus. I'm Judas. The shrewdest shit prudent. That's the point of that bar. But. Yeah, man. Like, you just gotta do it. And I believe in quantity over quality because you gotta make quantity before you will ever make quality. I have not been rapping that long. I know niggas that have been rapping for a year that are below my skill level. 
Nobody I know. I wouldn't. I ain't dissing none of my none of my niggas. Even though they can drop more music, y'all know who I'm talking to. Lazy ass Negroes, not dropping fucking music when you know you talented as hell. Anywho, but yeah, there are people that have been making music for like a year, and every song they play, bro, they're just like, "This is a banger," and I'm like, "All right, bro, you got you got bangers, but this song's actual garbage." And they're just like, "Oh, bro, your songs aren't what's up, like nigga, you bump buffet, shut the fuck up." Also bars, but anyway, like seriously, like bro, like. There are people that actually have not studied music theory. There are people that have not studied any type of cadence, rhythm, flow, st song structure. They don't redo their verses to make sure they hit the melody just right. Like, I'm still ass at some melodies, bruh. I'm trying to improve my melody every fucking day. But guess what? It's a process. No one's gonna start off good. Nobody's gonna start off getting 3,000 plays on SoundCloud on their first fucking song. Getting 3,000 plays on Spotify, topping fucking charts on their first song ever. No artist ever did that. You wanna know why? Because their first song was written when they weren't even famous. Probably years before they were famous. You gotta put effort into this shit, bruh. Meek Mill, rest his fucking soul, <laughs> said that overnight success happens in like 10 years. And I've said that before. Think about that shit. Like, this is a grind, bro, and I don't mean a grind like get your paper, get your money, like, it's a process. Like, I'm not just making music to, like, rag on people or, like, appeal to a trend or to be a certain type of person, bro. I am making music to express myself. My lyrics are what I use to express myself. The shit that I couldn't say to people in real life is the shit that I say in my lyrics. Now, my trap lyrics... I like, think about it this way. This is how I think about trap music. Trap music is about like, not only like your your rhythm, like your rhythm, your cadence and your bass. You, trap is also about like having your voice timed to your bars, being able to like fully put something out and make it sound like you mean it. Like say what you want about rappers having gun bars and shooting people and doing all this and all that. But guess what? You've heard, you, you've heard fucking, uh, you've heard the Migos. Raindrop, drop top. You say that shit in the room, bro. Somebody is going to say it. Want to know why? Because it's catchy. They killed that shit. They, they did it perfectly on beat. The most simple, the, it's so simple. Raindrop, drop top. Smoking on cook in a hot box. Like, bruh. Lily just says that they have a car with a drop, drop top roof that they can let down. And then that they're smoking weed while hotboxing it. Nigga, that's a hit. Like, that that's what it's about. It's a lot more that goes into this shit, dude. It's about, like, what you actually put into it, what you actually feel. That's why I've said I like the songs that I feel. Not the songs that I feel, the songs that I, some of the songs that I made. I hate certain songs, because I'm just thinking of them, and I'm just like, yeah, I was going for something a little, like, different with this. I ain't really hit it how I want. And I damn near feel like I wasted the bars on that shit. But guess what I can do? I can always remaster the song. I can always remix the song. I can always take those lyrics and put them over a different beat and go harder over it. There's always room for improvement, my dude. And if you forget that, then you forgot the real reason. Like, I feel like in the in the music industry, bro, like, if you're doing it for the music, whether you're new or old, bro, that's not the problem. It's the niggas that are doing it for the market. Like, 
I get it. You got to make your money. We all know we got a network, nigga. Everyone knows that. We all got to get around and talk to people and bust our ass and make connections and grind when it comes to songs and grind when it comes to lyrics and grind when it comes to content. If you are an entertainer, if you are putting out any type of fucking content at all, bro, you know what it takes. You know what you have to do. So I don't want to hear this shit where people just like come up in your shit and they're just like, bro, you don't, you sound like blah, blah, blah. What the fuck are you doing? Do you rap, nigga? Do you podcast? Do you even make TikToks? No, you just steal people's posts on Instagram and Facebook and then reshare them to get validation for likes, nigga. You don't even care about the shit you're talking about. Get the fuck out my face. Weak ass niggas. Like, I, I'm sorry. You definitely just heard me slip into like my like more upset urbanish attitude but fuck like y'all understand how how much it infuriates me to just meet niggas that like bump generic ass niggas and think that they understand music theory and they're just like bro why you what is this like fruity ass like melody in the background it's a flute you fucking brute like you fucking God damn, dude. Like, niggas are, niggas are really hear Jimi Hendrix and say that's that white people shit. Like, nigga. It's Jimi Hendrix. He. <laughs> like, bro, black people literally invented blues, bro. We damn near perfected the fucking guitar. Don't get me wrong. I know it came from a lot of ways, but in America, black people damn near perfected the fucking guitar. But there's a lot of, there, there's so much that goes into it, bro. Like, we can't judge. Everybody has their different creative process. And that's, that's all I'm trying to say, guys. Believe in your creative process. Whether you find fuel from, like, unsaid fucking things to people that you love. Whether you find fuel from, like, experiences that you wish you could have got the better of. Whether you find fuel from trapping out here in these streets. Keep fucking grinding and actually put your heart into your fucking music. And that's pretty much it for this episode of The Cycle, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back with more content soon. I will try to get a guest soon. I'm not 100% sure. Like I said, I kind of dropped several balls with getting... <laughs> dropped several balls. But I kind of dropped several balls with getting like certain people I wanted on. So I had to get back in contact with them, reestablish the dialogue and get it going again because networking nigga that's what we have to do out here all right everybody i love you thank you for tuning in to another episode of the psych world podcast be safe out there everybody